0: You're listening to The Soju Sessions, episode 32 on the Soju Talk Nation podcast feed. I'm your host, Crispy, also known as Crispy Wanton, or simply just Anton, and on today's episode, all the way from the Netherlands and older sister of the saddest sad boy moderator on the Soju Talk server, Wolf, we've got Sophie. She joins the show to discuss her origins in K-pop, Soju Talk, and making friends on the server. Um... It was nice going into kind of a time capsule of mid-2010s K-pop. It is starting to feel weird that it is a bit retro, but as Soapia and I talked about groups from that era, it really did feel like a lifetime ago. We also went into some nerd talk, discussing anime and many other titles, and ended on the amazing career of director Denis Villeneuve and his epic science fiction fantasy modern classic, Dune, coming up my chat with Soapy on the Soju Sessions. Joining Soju Sessions today um we've got a sibling, a sister of one the saddest mod, the saddest sad boy in the world, Wolf, all the way from the Netherlands in college, you know, learning, being a successful human being. We've got Sophie. Welcome to the show, Sophie.
1: Hi, thank you for having me.
0: Of course. Um yeah, I do appreciate you coming on. Um we've had we have your brother, we we had your brother on a few weeks ago. Um, and he you know got really in his feelings um he was really insightful and opened up a lot about just his past and his history growing up um with you as a sibling as an older sister and you were kind of his guiding star in a lot of areas of his life and um i really wanted to have you on the show to illuminate a lot of uh, your experiences and your points of view of how it all went down but of course from the perspective of k-pop and what brings us here today so um So let's get your origin story. How did you find K-pop and how did you find um, communities as you were growing up to kind of share this uh, this fandom and this love for this genre of music?
1: Okay, Uh, well, I got into K-pop many years ago, actually, like since I think 2014, I was checking yesterday. Uh, and it all started when I was on YouTube, and I randomly stumbled upon this music video by a very small group. I don't think you guys know them, like EXO. You know, they're kind of low key. But at the time, they released "Growl" in two thousand and thirteen, and I was very confused and intrigued by all the in sync dancing. Like I was like, "What what's going on?" And I just had to watch more. Uh, and I think li- around that same time, I think February, uh, BTS had just released "Boy with Love," Boy in Love." And before I knew it, I was falling down this rabbit hole of binge-watching, uh, music videos from like groups at the time were like, what Super Junior, Girls Generation 21, Big Bang or really big, Zistar, VAP. and it just uh, that's kind of how it started. Just yeah. me. Random Aruban girl (laughs) finding K-pop on the internet, I guess.
0: So what was that like, just being in Aruba, uh, you know, being in an island country, uh, you know, with a very specific culture, specific type of people uh, in your community, and then being introduced to this very global, uh, very Eastern Asian um, form of entertainment. And you just named off a bunch of, like, amazing artists that are so well known over the 2010s, but all in a very eclectic um, sounding style, right? There's not one that I can say is like, oh, this is like the soapy style. It's like, you said EXO, you said Zistar, you said Big Bang, uh, you said 21, uh, you said Girls' Generation. The genres are so mixed. What was that like being introduced to such a big world, um, being an island girl yourself?
1: Um, It was was a lot. It was like nothing um, that I really grew up around. So I was uh, confused but because it was so confusing i think it intrigued me even more i did grow up watching naruto on on cartoon network in spanish which is very odd uh but i didn't understand that it was an anime at the time i just thought it was like you know animation and that it was always in spanish and so when i got older i think back in 2014 i was already kind of dabbling in anime when this kind of happened so i guess it kind of went hand in hand with me finding kpop but uh it wasn't really accepted amongst my peers or my family didn't really get it at the time because it's so different. Like, it's completely different language. We don't, we didn't have a lot of Koreans. Um, we still don't have a lot of Koreans on the island, so it wasn't really a language I had been exposed to. And this idea of, like, groups that are so coordinated and that have, you know, specific members for specific things and how they did everything was, it was very odd, I feel like. But um, since I am from an island that's so culturally diverse, it wasn't it wasn't that weird either to, like, listen to foreign music. Uh, And I liked the way it sounded, which was really hard to explain to people like, oh, why do you listen to Korean music like you can't understand it? And I'm like, I like I like the way (laughs) that it sounds uh, in my ear, like I didn't know how to explain that to people. So, uh, yeah, people didn't really take it very well the first few years. But, you know.
0: Could you go into more detail about kind of the pushback you received from your immediate circle of friends and family um, when they first found out that you listened to K-pop and watched anime?
1: Um, Yeah, with my family, it took a a bit uh, for them to kind of understand where I was coming from because obviously it it was hard for people to grasp the idea that you could watch something that wasn't in your in a language that you predominantly understand. Uh, especially with anime, um, they didn't understand why I was watching something that was animated because they thought, "Oh, it's like a kids show or something like that." Um, but anime is like not that at all. My I think I got more pushback from people at school than than my family because they just kind of didn't care. Some family members would kind of make fun of me uh, and like kind of call me like racial slurs and stuff like that in the sense of like calling me um asian uh slurs because they thought that would be like haha like funny she likes asian stuff so she's trying to be asian now uh, and in school i got that a lot because like they couldn't they didn't understand and they didn't really try either uh but when they realized that i didn't care <laughs> and that i didn't give a fuck they kind of stopped and now all of them watch anime so i think that's funny um yeah, it, the thing is, I then I just decided to get everyone around me into K-pop and anime. So all of my immediate friends and the friends that I've had the longest have come to be K-pop stands as well and anime uh, enjoyers because I have that effect on people, <laughs> apparently. Um, but yeah, it it wasn't very it wasn't very fun to be told that you're weird for liking something that isn't, I guess, uh, common or. Known on the island yet?
0: Yeah, I feel like that's a very um, like universal story of growing up and trying to fit in, right? And trying to you know find your way in the world. Because I do feel like um, when a new culture or something that's very different is introduced, um, you know, there's there's resistance. But it does sound like you. Well, from, from just knowing you over the past two years now, it's almost been, it's been two years, right? Oh my God, it's (laughs) almost
1: been, it's like two years.
0: Yeah. Um, you have a very strong resolve, like you're very strong in your uh, convictions. And, um, I wouldn't say forceful, but you're confident in how you express things in a way where people can't help, but just to uh, resign to the idea that perhaps you're right. And in this case, it's kind of cool that, you know, you kind of sticking by your guns and saying like, you know, this is what I like. And if you're going to be part of my life, you're going to experience it, too, to the point that not all your friends are K-pop and anime fans, which um, I think, again, is a testament to just who you are as a quality human being. So very cool.
1: That's so sweet. Yeah. I think like it's a bit odd, though, because I wouldn't say that I'm a confident person at all or that I come off that way. But everyone around me has always said that I am. Uh, So I guess... I am. It's just a like, struggle with that. But like you said, like my friends, I got to convince them and not to like say that my family didn't come around because my parents did within like the year of finding out that I like this kind of stuff. My dad uh, immediately like started um, looking into to it as well. And he actually fell in love with making Asian cuisine, uh, spe- specifically ramen. He like has been mastering ramen for the past. Like how many years have I been? How long has it been since 2014? Um, I don't even know.
0: Uh, seven years.
1: Yeah, so it's been a while. <laughs> wow. And they uh, since then they've just uh, become completely accepting of it. Like every time any K-pop artist or anything anime comes up on TV, they call me. Or uh, if they know K-pop artists are coming to the US, they're like, "Hey, do you want to go?" and stuff like that. Not like we can like I can afford to go, but they it's a thought, right? That they're like, "Hey, you know BTS are going to California. Like you should look at prices and stuff." uh so they they 've all come to they 've all come around and i 've gotten my cousins into k pop as well and they tolerate me playing k pop and stuff They even like a few songs like I had some of my cousins hooked on b t s and surprisingly vix for a while like they really liked vix, so i 'm very grateful that my family didn 't um some of them still don 't like it they still kind of make jabs at me, but since i don 't care it doesn 't matter. <laughs>
0: Uh, you did a nice job to normalize k-pop and yeah uh, East 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 South Southeast Asian South, Eastern Asian Eastern Asian culture Eastern Asian music C- music from Korea essentially because I was gonna say Japan and l- lump it all together but you know it's all very different um, but you've normalized it to the point where um it's it's celebrated in a very quiet way right where um mm-hmm. it's not this very like out, outspoken like oh like we all love K-pop it's it's the small thought and small messages of hey like I heard BTS is you know Go, coming to our area, like is that something you're interested in? I feel like those are small yeah. victories in the sense of um, kind of this global engagement and global like unity, right? I know that sounds like, super cheesy, mm-hmm. but we all kind of come together um over time, right? I think you do a really nice job of um you know of expressing that and like bringing people together. Um, BTS is a very big group, um, as well as a lot of the other groups that you named, whether that was EXO, Twenty One, Big Bang, um, Sistar. I'm just repeating it, but um, let me ask you, who are some of your favorite K-pop groups that helped kind of bridge that gap for you um, from 2014 and on, and you know that you slowly kind of introduced to your inner circle of friends and family?
1: Okay. Um, I mean, one of the first groups that I actually watched aside from XO was Shiny. So Shiny was a big influence on like my... On, on everything really, shiny. Uh, I watched Ring Ding Dong, which was like, <laughs> which was such a bad first song, but um, it's but so it's good. So but iconic, it's so iconic, right? Like everyone it's knows so the song and
0: music video.
1: So shiny, Big Bang, Twenty One were like really big groups for me. Um, and then, and when I got into K-pop, big, like other groups were coming out. Like BTS uh, came out, like uh, debuted in 2013, and EXO was pretty big. GOT7 had also just debuted uh Vix was pretty big BAP B1A4 which was also like doing pretty good at the time but my favorite groups I think since then have probably just stuck around the longest have been like like I just said like BTS EXO Vix Big Bang 17 when they debuted NCT have come along uh Monster X and I think I think that's like the main main big ones are those. As you can see I'm predominantly board groups. Um makes because sense, makes I really sense. liked twenty one but then they disbanded. I liked Sistar for a while as well. FX. Um what is uh four minute was also pretty big. But I didn't really get into them as much because everything everyone seemed to disband (laughs) like by the time like NCT and like all these other groups were debuting a lot of the groups that I was in love with uh, from 2014 were all kind of leaving which was also very heartbreaking like people going into the military and the whole big bang scandal and everything was just kind of falling apart which was weird But, but yeah I haven't really been able to get into a lot of new groups since then uh, I like a lot of solo artists as well. oh, I forgot like the rose obviously because I'm related to wolf like obviously I like I have to ha I have to like the rose one ho and you know all his other uh his <laughs> other things his other um,
0: things even the, yeah. the 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 muscles on top of muscles those are things right
1: uh, those are very very important things <laughs> and yeah, I mean Dean hugo, I like a lot of stuff, but those are like my main big groups, I guess.
0: So you're you're stuck in the the mid 2010s like that's kind yeah. of perfect because uh Gen 2 OG um that's I I have a very nebulous history with K-pop where I started in 2011 I would say and then on and off up until like 2018 so like my friends listen to all the Gen 2 K-pop I know them adjacently to k to uh, to anime because uh, they'd always be played at anime conventions but I never like dug into K-pop just because um I think still at that time it was quite difficult to be as exposed as we are today right um you you named a lot of amazing artists um let's let's circle in on the rose and um specifically your brother and wolf um and you know the rose is a a group that has a music that's very in your feelings just uh it makes you feel a certain kind of way and you know with all the emotions that music can evoke out of someone um how do you feel like that connection between the rose and your brother um have helped strengthen your relationship over time
1: um i don't know if he's admitted this but oh i'm pretty sure because i watched the episode but i played k-pop through the walls for years and then uh, he eventually came around to it um and one of the groups that he actually did like that i well three like he would like he would told he would tolerate bts uh, he liked Dean and he liked The Rose, so those were like kind of the three that he tolerated me playing in the car without like complaining about it. Um, and it's interesting that um, he made such a big connection with The Rose because uh, I don't remember like specifically sitting him down and being like, "Listen to this group." Um, but I really liked The Rose, and I I personally connected a lot with their music when they first started releasing music when they first debuted. I don't remember what year right now um but i think me and my brother are very alike and i think that our music taste is very alike and the songs that they release i feel like for him and for me are a reflection of the things that we can't say or don't like to express because we we talk now more obviously but i'm not really a person who um wants to, or can talk about all her feelings all the time, so I feel like listening to the Rose is very... What's the word? Like, not therapeutic, but it's it makes sense. Like, when I listen to their music, it it's comforting to know that, like, other people can, like, feel the same thing that I'm feeling, even though it is about love sometimes, and sometimes that's not how you're feeling, but it's, like, the way that it sounds and some of the lyrics, and I think we we connect that way i think (laughs) i don't know we haven't talked about it but yeah the the words unspoken i guess
0: what song from the rose would you say best describes um that type of emotional connection you have with your brother
1: Ooh, um i love you i like that song i think that's a that one or she's in the rain Uh, I used to listen to She's in the Rain like every day I think the the feeling that I get when I listen to that song is very like I don't know how to describe it it's like I picture like you're standing in the rain and you're kind of sad about it but at the same time it's like this had to happen and you have to move on now. It's very hard explaining to people how I feel about songs, especially K-pop, because, again, it, that's what was my biggest issue is trying to justify to people why I listen to something I can't understand. But sometimes the the mute, the way that it sounds makes me feel things. like It could be a super happy song, but it could still make me sad depending on how it sounds to me. And I feel like me and my brother uh, are similar in that respect where we we'll listen to something and it'll make us feel a certain way. And those two songs, like, we listen to a lot together. So I associate him a lot to those two. Do
0: you have any attached the- memories to um, I Love You or She's in the Rain that help kind of evoke that emotion that you get every time you listen to those songs?
1: Um, I don't know if I have a particular like memory, but um, the rain specifically for me is like it rains a lot here now because i'm in europe i'm no longer on a sunny island but um when it rained on the island it was like happy because it doesn't rain often so when it rains everyone's like happy because we get to sit inside in the dark and like watch the rainfall and now when it rains here it's like all the time so you miss the sun if that makes sense so it's become this like I'm in the rain all the time and my brother's on the other side of the world not in the rain. So when it rains there I feel like it's a happy feeling but when it rains here it's kind of a sad feeling because then I think of home and for him it's the opposite cuz then he thinks of me because I'm in the rain all the time. So it's like kind of like that I feel.
0: It's a very personal I powerful... don't really have a yeah you know, that's a that's a really powerful sentiment it's it's an image it's an image that i can picture in my head as far as being connected um being worlds away right you and your brother being apart um but you know uh, a moment between weather um uh, connecting in that sense and kind of that memory of it um and specifically the song right she's in the rain and what the setting does to kind of pull that out of both of you so um no that, that's a really meaningful story and um Thing that you've connected with, and I appreciate that you shared that with, uh, with me. So, yeah, um, you know, forming connections through K-pop is, you know, I feel like it's a, the the uniqueness of what K-pop is as a medium, right? Where I always make this comparison with Western music, where it, it it's slightly detached. Where we do have fandoms with you know our artists, but we don't see the journey the same way. And I feel like people who listen to K-pop attach, you know, their personal stories with the kinds of music they listen to um, because we have that kind of access to the artists and their stories. Um Talk has been a place, a hub for all of these stories and all of these um, you know, histories, these personal histories that we've met across the internet. So I'd like to ask you, um, how did you find the podcast and how did you find the Discord?
1: Well, um both of them are my brother (laughs) he was like hey um it was like i think around the time that he started to really get into k-pop and he was like hey you should listen to this podcast i think you'd like it they talk about k-pop and i was like okay cool Uh, and i watched some episodes and then uh, later i think two days later or something he was like hey do you want to maybe join us in watching a movie on this Discord server? And I had no idea what Discord was, or what a I had a I knew what Discord was, but I didn't know what a server was. And I was like, oh, like, are you sure? Is it okay if I join your friends? And he was like, yeah, 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 we're gonna watch like I don't remember what we were watching, like maybe a Studio Ghibli movie or something. Because uh, he knew I wanted to watch it, but he also wanted to watch it with you guys. So he was like, yeah, you should just come join. And I was already watching the podcast at the time, so he was like, it's, it's fine. So he just, that was it. He came over to my laptop, added me, and then he was like, "Okay, now you click here to join voice channel, and then you just talk." Uh, And he would go back and forth from his room to my room all the time because I had no idea what I was doing, and I kept like um, accidentally muting myself or something. And now I've gotten pretty okay at it, but yeah.
0: Now you're a pro as opposed to the boomer that you were a few years ago, (laughs) or just like fumbling every single channel, jumping into channels and then unmuting yourself middle of the movie. Got it. Um, No, no, it's, it's a beautiful thing that technology and internet can connect people in this kind of way. Um, I've had discord for a minute, but I didn't realize it's full capacity until um, I joined. Soju talk. I think that was in 2019. Um, so yeah, I've, I had Discord for a few years, but I just didn't really like, understand or use it the way that it's been used today. Um, I also think the, the pandemic has heightened that a lot for people, um, you know, because this is the, the one place that people have gone to find social connection and friendships and relationships during a time where everyone's been so physically isolated, right? Um, so you did talk about, um, you know, being thrown into the community right away. Um, What was the appeal of the community that that let you um, decide to open up and be more involved?
1: Um, Well, it was a lot at first because it was like, it it wasn't completely new to me because I obviously I've been in the K-pop community for a while. So I was on Stan Twitter and like Tumblr and stuff like that. So I had made some online acquaintances before, but those never lasted because like, you know, uh, especially on Twitter, At the time, you make group chats and like you are in these chats with people, but they get deleted pretty often because people become inactive and stuff. So, uh, going into Discord and going into the server, I thought that that's what would happen. Like it would just, you know, become very inactive and everyone would eventually leave. So, I didn't really uh, want to get invested at first because I was like, okay these people are nice to me now but it probably won't last which sounds really depressing (laughs) Um, but that was my experience at the time with with online friends really Um, so my brother spoke so highly of it and he was like yeah you should join like everyone's super nice and um, I joined the first few times and everyone really was really nice and people were very um, enthusiastic to ask um, about about where I was from, what I liked, the groups that I liked, uh, and it was nice talking to people who had similar interests and who had like who liked similar groups as me and um, who were excited. And especially during the pandemic, I think I really needed that to like have that for a while of just. Being able to show up and randomly watch something or just talk or like the fa- the, the day I just had a random like four hour call with Maul and my brother and he just explained the entirety of Luna and all of the fucking concepts to me. And he sat me down and he was like, you will know Luna. And I was like, OK. <laughs> um, and those are like memories that I hold dear to my heart when I look back at the pandemic and um, cra- like crazy moments that I didn't think I would have on a a discord server of all places.
0: No, that, that does sound very in line. It checks out that, uh, you would hop on a call with Mal and eventually get the entirety of all the Luniverse. So yeah, that's kind of the stuff that you get around here. It's just, uh, it's, it's a Soju talk. It it seems like a Soju talk thing to happen. Um, did you have any other highlights from certain people or interactions you've had over the server, um, on the server over the years?
1: Um, I think for me, and I think my brother spoke about this as well, at some point uh, during the pandemic, uh, I kind of fell off the server for a while. I was on and off. Like, I would come in and kind of exist, and then I would disappear again for a few months. And with moving uh, to a new country and starting uni, um, and being in a new time zone, especially, I didn't really get to join VC that much because... Um, unlike now where max is literally always in vc <laughs> um there weren't a lot of people in europe who were like very active uh at the time and i was a person who slept pretty early so um uh that was a bit sad for me because it's like i wanted to but i really couldn't cuz the time difference was so big um so now that i'm kind of not dead anymore uh i have some really fun memories with a lot of people on the server really um like I'm I me and Max are pretty close and me and Zandi and me and Mina always have a good time and Bagel and Shin like I I talk to you as well Doug like my brother occasionally pops in calls them all a bitch and then they fight for a little bit um but we've had I've had some really fun times like I remember when me and Nuna uh my brother and I think some other people watched uh the, like all the BTS shows at some point during the pandemic when that came out like the i think i don't know if it was the movie or something but we all like came at a specific hour and we all sat down and watched the live stream and we all yelled together and everyone was singing out of sync um for the days that we watched a few studio ghibli movies or when we played um jackbox those were really fun days uh, i wish we we should do more of those i miss those like playing video like jackbox and um what is that other game? Not uh Among Us, but that Alien game on Jackbox. That one was really fun.
0: Yeah, the the one's similar to Among Us, but it's yeah. in like one room and it's more of a, a word <clears throat> a word a word voice like version of um Mafia. Yeah. I played that one. Um, yeah, so you've named a lot of people. A lot of amazing mm-hmm. server members, community members on Soju Talk. Um, but now we, we've got to go into some some stuff. we got to go into the things. we got to go into the shit, you know? Um, all right. So, Soapy, you've had a long history here at Soju Talk. You've also had a few Ooh. sagas. I would call them Soapy oh. Sagas. The K-drama, that was. I think it started with um, your relationship, I would say. It's, it's a nice way to put it, with Bagel. Please take oh. us through it. And um, what eventually... I- occurred and resulted from your um, failed attempt at a marriage?
1: Well, to be completely honest, uh, I blocked out that trauma. Uh, I don't really remember what, <laughs> what happened. I remember uh, I was joking about it. Uh, and then it, he had sent a certificate and I was like, oh, my God, that did, did we just get married without my consent. Um, and then before I knew it, it was like a week and we were already I was already filing for divorce because obviously I don't remember when I had agreed to marry Bagel. Uh, maybe I did. Maybe I didn't. Maybe I was uh, I was having a manic episode. I, I don't really know. Uh, I did hire Mall as my di- divorce attorney, obviously, um, and we managed to get me a divorce. Uh, and me and Bagel have been, we're still friends, like everything's <laughs> fine. Um, but yeah, that, that was, that was a weird period in my life. I don't remember how it started, but failed attempt, failed marriage one, uh, don't plan on doing that again. Hopefully
0: <laughs> it was, uh, it was your blackout period of your, uh, early 20 days when, um, you know, when everyone turns 21 and then they go a uh, party every night, even on a weeknight. Um, they black out, but then they still make it to class or work the next day. Um, I have totally never stayed up the entire night uh, after coming to a club and then going to work the next morning. Totally have never no. done that. Never.
1: That's so irresponsible. We I've would n- never. N- do never that. been up
0: for fifty hours in a row. <laughs> um, but you said you'd never do that again, and yet, I think we've come oh. to a modern canon. Zandi. Wow. Okay, um,
1: I take that back. I would marry Zondi. I take that back. Oh,
0: what what about Zondi is is a different situation than it was with Bagel.
1: Um well, first of all, uh he actually asked me if I wanted to get married. Um and I it's a joke, right? But you know when you joke about something for two long This is not a joke,
0: this is real life. Please elaborate. <laughs> Go is... on.
1: Um we've been discussing, I think I'm gonna I'm going to eventually go fly to the UK. I don't think it's going to happen this year anymore. Um, but I think next year for sure, I'm going to go to London. And uh, Max has offered to officiate the wedding. Uh, so we might get married in London in January. Not sure yet. Uh, we might have to send invitations. Although I don't know if you guys will be able to make it. Otherwise, we'll live stream
0: it. Oh, that's perfect. Um, that is exactly you can all what and- a Discord wedding should be
1: um but yeah i really like i really love zandi i hope he's uh he's probably in scotland right now so i hope that he's having a good time and he gets home soon because i miss him in vc you
0: you don't have to qualify that you could have just said I, I hope he gets home soon i miss him you <laughs> simp. you're simp. you such a simp no, no. <laughs> um In all seriousness, I I think these relationships and this type of interaction is so joyful to see. Um, Just because, again, like the internet is such a funky place sometimes. You started on Stan Twitter and you said it's impersonal in a lot of ways, but also impermanent, right? Like you open the group chat and it disappears just because people are inactive. And because it's Twitter, it's not necessarily a communication platform. It's more about getting thoughts and getting small tidbits of news and information here and there on Discord, there's something special to the fact that, you know, it's all here. It's all kind of archived in a way where you can send out a message and you get immediate feedback. Um, I mean, I I think visually from a a UX standpoint, sorry, Warren, I know this is your territory, but seeing on the left-hand side, every single channel and then it lighting up you know, if you don't have to mute it, of course, but lighting up when a new chat pops up is is just very uh, psychologically appealing, right? There is that uh, stimulation that, you know, we seek out. Um, And the the impulse control, right? To open it and then see it. And then if it's someone we recognize, someone we've had interactions with, I personally um, am in uh, Chu, the last FM channel, and the bot channel, Um, again, with your best friends, Zondi and Biffmilla. Um, and, and Dell, is there oftentimes. Um, lot, yeah. And I think Before. we just like hover around those two channels all the time. Um, I like to also point out that some, some quality of life things they've added to the server over the years is the VIP channel. I, I, I don't want to count them all. Cause there's a lot, but it's individual groups. And I just think it's good for me because, you know, I could, like, throw some photos of Itzy in there, throw some photos of Blackpink and Rosie. Um, you know, we've got a Luna channel, so all the Luna lore will be there as opposed to, like, every single channel. Sorry, Mel, I get it. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a nice evolution of how the space has turned over the past three years, right? I think Mal and Wolf right. described it as um, kind of the Wild West initially where they had like one or two channels, and they didn't really have a direction of where people were going and how people were talking about things. Um, but now it's evolved in a place where, yes, granted, there are a lot of channels, but once you're accustomed to it, once you've acclimated, I think it does a lot to at least focus conversations and focus speakables directions. So, yeah. Um, and all, all that to say it's helped strengthen, I think, relationships overall. I think a net positive in that sense, where people can interact and pick and choose what they want to engage with and who they want to interact with. Um, with really
1: interesting. Yeah. I was thinking about that as well recently. I was scrolling through um, the... So, like, I don't... I Okay. I've been active again, I think, for, like, probably more than a month now. Like, pretty active, like, almost every day. Um, and I've realized that I'm I'm very active when I'm, like, not doing, like so well mentally because i feel like people are so like like i i love my friends but i don't see them every day and it's nice to know that like i can come into the discord and we can talk about some bullshit or i can see you know people posting about some stuff in different channels and kind of distract myself for a bit um but it just it's been nice and it's been nice getting to know people better uh now that i'm uh i don't know more active it, it's been nice and it's it's nice to see all the different channels and like I check them daily and I see like people simping about different groups and um, people I it's weird to me especially like you said before like Twitter such an like It's not a permanent place at all like nothing lasts for very long and I think I struggled with the idea of this discord lasting which is probably why I wasn't as active, because I was expecting it to... Like, I didn't think anybody cared if I was there or not. But I had people randomly... Like, you would message me and just be like, Hey, I hope you're doing well. And I would, like, cry. Because I'm like, what the fuck? Why is, like, Crispy remembers me?
0: I don't know what or you like- mean. I've never done that before <laughs> in my life. I don't reach out to people. I don't form human <laughs> connections. Who is that? It was um. like...
1: Out of nowhere, and Maul would occasionally just go, Hey, you good? and like just send me send me pictures of very pretty women. Um, I think <laughs> you okay. now reached out to me once, like Ma, even Sal, you like messaged me once and he was like, Hey, happy birthday! and I was like, Oh my god. Um, so to be back and to see that people are even more active than ever has been. Really nice and like solidified my idea that these people aren't just gonna disappear you know, and that people kind of like me <laughs> enough that they like <laughs> uh, care that I'm there. so yeah
0: well take me to through that internal wondering right where you have people in your in your life, real life people, um, whether that's people um, in your hometown, um, but now in school in college and interacting with <clears throat> interacting with the real world, you know meet space. Um, And then virtual people, Um, what are elements of the social interactions that are different? And what are elements of meeting people online versus in real life that you can distinctly say um, are more, you know, unique in that sense? Um, Not to say that one is better than the other, because I think there's a healthy balance of both is um, kind of a nice way to live. But um, which, you know, in, in your opinion, how do you feel like they differ and what are the things that you draw from to kind of help you get through the day between both
1: Um, I mean meeting people in person um, right because when you join a discord server you know that the people in that server have a similar interest to you because you're joining something about a topic right so in in our case it's like you know the soju talk podcast and k-pop and um there's an anime channel so you know some people in there like anime um you have people who like sports as well because there's a sports channel which again it is like referring to all the new channels and stuff so you know that there are people there who like things that you like which is nice because you're like you don't have to really fish out to see if the person you're talking to enjoy similar things to you as opposed to when you meet people in real life um but meeting people in real life uh, is also nice because you get to vibe check them in real life, if that makes sense. Like, I'm a person who will usually tell immediately if I connect with you or not. Uh, and I can't really do that online. So sometimes I can't really tell whether I like someone or not or whether they like me because obviously I don't, I don't see them. Like, I don't see their faces. Uh, and we're not in person. So I can't vibe check you like I usually do with people, um, but meeting people and feeling that connection is undefeated. Like the the feeling that I had when I met met my like closest friends in uni, like and I had to meet a lot of them online because obviously I had um, an online first year of university. Uh, I would I would private message people on Zoom and I'd say like some dumb shit like Hey, you look like you like Bad Bunny." And my friend was like, yeah, I do. How did you know? And I'm like, oh, because you've told me you're from this country. And he was like, oh, yeah. Um, or my other friend, I like, I messaged him and I was like, hey, um, I said something stupid about his closet. Uh, and, you know, like that. And when they showed kind of interest in Zoom, I was like, hey, do you want to meet in person? And then when I met them in person and they matched my energy so well, it's so satisfying. Because you're like, wow, I found a person who you know I found my person like someone who who gets me and I don't have to force um a conversation or I don't have to force a feeling comfortable around this person because you feel that connection and I know that not everyone that I talk to understands what I mean because you don't always meet people who you connect with like I don't know if that makes sense to you like what I mean with like you meet someone and then you feel like you've known them for such a long time because you can just talk and talk and talk and it it just goes so naturally
0: yeah that's no I do I totally yeah. yeah it's it's compatibility right I think we all have a innate sense of how to um, relate to people and what we relate to right for me um, I I also have a very like keen sense of the type of people me- meeting people in real life right and kind of filtering out or like understanding the type of people um, that they are, um, upon like a handful of meetings, perhaps the first meeting, perhaps over time. Um, but again, it's very different than just kind of reading text online, um, as beautiful and great as it is to be on the Talk server. Um, I love just getting on a call and hearing another person's voice because there an immediacy to how they respond with tone and intonation and timing, um, and rhythm, um, all these things that, um, do get lost in the sauce as Doug would put it on the server in text chat um, not to say that there isn't value in you know finding these specific channels and vibing with people that way because I do think in that sense that's equally a nice filter um, because I can go to like the anime channel and I know the type of people who will be there all the time right um, and it's really up to me to kind of parse through like who I vibe with depending on how they talk and who they, and what they talk about um, similarly with ITZY um yes i will bring a bagel one more time uh he and i have just bonded over crackhead energy over itsy since <coughs> the beginning of whatever the hell this history has been and it has not changed um yes he will die on the hill of mafia in the morning i have since um no i, I don't reside on the hill perhaps i'm on a, a small little um little patch of grass at the bottom you know just vibing you know i like the song i don't love the song I don't go back to the song as often as he does. I don't have a hill to die on, but um, again, that's like an example of the type of friendships that you do get with uh, Kikino specified interest with the server. Um, Yeah, no, we, this is like a therapy session for you. Sophie, you you (laughs) good? You good? No, I'm good. (laughs) Yeah. um, Well, let's loop in some some K-pop into here, right? So uh, we've got some new songs this week. Um, You know, the main show covered it. Um, we've got four new songs, um, I will go through them quickly. You know, we're not going to cover every single song in excruciating detail as we would any other show, but I'm going to throw it to you. Um, well, let's do this. Let's go through the songs first. So we've got Somi with XOXO. Uh, we've got the boys with Maverick 2AM with a double release. Um, no good in goodbye produced by JYP should have known produced by bong PD, um, and the music videos tell one full narrative. All right. So I'm going to I'm going to focus this conversation a bit. I'm going to have you choose one song this week to talk about. Which of the four songs would you like to talk about?
1: Oh, um Okay. Well, I mean, I probably have The thing is I don't really listen to any of these artists. I mean, I'm familiar with 2AM and 2PM, right? Because I'm a 2014 K-pop baby. Um, but I haven't heard from them in a while and I'm not really into the boys and so me. So, um, I think my favorite song was probably should have known by 2am out of the four. I really like that one. Um, but I don't really have much to say about it. I mean, I can talk about that one and then we'll see. So that one for me, cause I had watched both of them and I watched them in order. So I watched, um, I think it's no good and goodbye first and then should have known. Um, I didn't completely focus on the music videos because I like to listen to the song first and then I watched the music video. I don't know if that's how other people do it, but when it comes to songs like this, like more slower ballads and stuff, I like listening to the song first and then kind of looking at the music video. Um, and I liked this one more out of the two because, uh, immediately when it started, um, like a few seconds in, I got chills, which for me is a very good sign. I don't know how much of the song, like, what exactly I liked so much about it, but I felt like uh, it had much more emotion, and I I felt, again, I felt like how I feel when you, like, listen to music, and I i didn't, I was looking at the lyrics and stuff, but it, it felt nice to listen to, um, and... Yeah, I like weirdly felt really emotional listening to it, especially the chorus and how it builds up and how he sings like louder as it continues. I thought that was really nice. Um, So yeah, I don't know how you feel about
0: it. Um, I watched both music videos back to back. Um, Again, with ballads, I have a very low bar where as long as there's a level of emotion that I can pull from it, um, you know, that I will generally just be okay with it. The fact that it came with this music video story, um, I think I had a hard time differentiating the two songs because it was just one continuous thing for me. But going back into it, kind of hearing the way the vocals were arranged, um, I do agree that Should Have Known um, probably is the better song. Um, again, I'm not like a super like music um, connoisseur or like expert, but um, there are levels to the the way that the song um, kind of plays with the emotions and plays with the story. Um, because me, I'm very visual, so I'm watching the music video, I'm pairing it to see how it plays out. even though there weren't subtitles, um, I can still um, at least
1: kind of grasp.
0: Yeah, kind of grasp and like pull through kind of what the lyrics are intending to say, um, even if I'm not understanding what they're saying, right. Um, and also like what's visually paired with, um, with the music video. Um, well, let me just ask you like an overall thing. So you, you listened to the song separately. How did that experience change once you got into the two music videos?
1: Um, okay. <laughs> I'm not a very big ballad person. Uh, when I, that, Which is why I probably didn't like the... Watch the music video too, it didn't do much for me because uh, i am wolf's i'm wolf's sister which means i tend to gravitate towards sadder things so the first music video was very happy like ah we're in love that kind of stuff and i was like okay whatever like <laughs> that's nice um but i thought the second music video encaptured like the energy of the song better as opposed to the first one i thought no good and goodbye wasn't very memorable to me and i didn't think that the song changed at all throughout the entirety of it like the chorus and it was kind of one tone to me, and if it's gonna be happy, I, I kind of get it. But then when you listen to "Should Have Known," like the change between like the beginning and then the chorus and then it kind of goes back down again and then the chorus hits again, there's like changes to it. Which the music video was also kind of like that, where it was like you're going up and down and up and down. So I thought I liked the second one better. Um, not like it, it's like a one is over the other, but I. Again, I didn't think the music video the first one was as memorable like it kind of transitioned into the second one but the second one had a better like it kind of brought it home if that makes sense like, yeah it kind of saved it
0: yeah there's 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 different layering to it once you're able to kind of see the entire picture for what it is right um the main show did mention that you know the music video does start with the train scene and it unfolds backwards in a way where you see the oh. Uh, the highlights of the relationship, you see all the good times in no good in goodbye. Um, and then it's not until you get to the end and then you get into should have known that, oh, no, it's about um, two people separating. And then what does that mean about like love being lost over time? And, you know, making the decision point of like two tickets and, you know, moving away or having uh, different aligned objectives within a relationship. And then um, narratively coming back together at the train station, so kind of a cyclical storytelling here. Um, I I am the storytelling person when I watch these things. Like I try to be involved in the music, but as long as the music is just like pretty good, then I kind of get lost ah. in the sauce. Um, yeah, I've said that I'm twice the opposite today. Nice.
1: No, but it's like it makes sense. I'm the opposite, where like I don't really remember music videos that often because I focus on how the song makes me feel, mm-hmm. which is probably not the best thing sometimes but when it comes to songs like this i feel like that works it confuses me because i'm the opposite of you mm-hmm. i listen to the music and don't focus on the music video and then you focus on the music video and the music's kind of a background thing
0: yeah yeah and it's it's what 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 you how you experience it uh, shouldn't be diminished i would say that you at least give that extra insight that uh, i i missed because again like i i need to listen to a song a lot for me to like pull a lot of the elements that you mentioned um with the way that the vocals go up and down and kind of change with should have known so yeah um well that was our talk for Soju talk music this week you know we're keeping things light today it's 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 soapy's therapy session today so uh we're, we're just uh, in our fields in this fall season all right um soapy we're moving into closing thoughts so i've got a couple things for you to kind of wrap things up you know college is a thing college life. Can you give us a life update on how you've been this year with uh, being back? Well, I guess, well, give us the timeline of how things played out during the pandemic, right? Because I know you started college during the pandemic and then things changed, but you started the school year fully there in the Netherlands. Uh, What's it been like uh, throughout this time?
1: Uh, Well, I mean, I don't think any of us expected it to go the way in which it did. Uh, I was coming to the Netherlands in 2020, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Um, And in the summer and the pandemic had been raging for like a few months since like March. And we thought, okay, it's gonna, you know, get better. And um, yeah, we were like, I'm not gonna not go to college because that's, you know, what was the plan, I suppose. So we got here and it wasn't really getting any better. And eventually my family left and I was left here alone in a new country across the ocean um so it it was hard at first it was kind of exciting at first because you're like okay new country like university starting and then we found out that it was going to be entirely online for like a few months at least and we all thought oh okay like it'll it'll be a few months and then it'll get better and then a few months became the entire year so that i don't think is what anybody expected um For Christmas, uh, I wasn't supposed to go home, but my family felt bad. They were like, you know, you're gonna be. The Netherlands went into another lockdown in December, right before I left, or like I left and then they got, they went into a lockdown. So my family was like, I'm, we're gonna bring you home so you can at least be home for Christmas and, you know, not spend it alone in a lockdown country. So I'm really grateful that I got to do that because as soon as I arrived in Aruba, the Netherlands went locked lockdown. Everything was closed no restaurants no nothing there was a curfew like my friends who had stayed here uh were not doing well mentally at all it was everybody's first winter too so it was cold it was depressing everything was closed so i think if i would have stayed for christmas i would not have been okay at all (laughs) um i mean stayed in the netherlands because i went back home uh and then i ended up staying home for three months which was not the plan at all um but every time i was supposed to go back i was like oh i don't want to <laughs> so i kept prolonging it and prolonging it and then i went back in I... and it was hard it was hard being back home for that long and kind of getting used to being around my family again and then having to leave and go back to this like you know new life that wasn't really a new life because everything was oh, this just sounds so depressing. But it, it kind of was. It was a depressing year. Um, and I don't think a lot of people talk about it because people just expect you to be, like, okay in college. Because it's like, you know, college like is the best years of your life. And it's like, not when you start your first year in a fucking pandemic, you know? Can I swear? I don't know if I can swear, but... We're good. Um, We're good. Okay. <laughs> so I got back and I randomly met this other islander in my hallway of my building and we got super close and he started dragging me to parties and to other events and I started being very irresponsible but it made me feel things again because everything was still fucked and uh, people were just people weren't vibing like no one was (laughs) no one was vibing but um, I'm grateful to him that even though we went to really shitty parties and we listened to really shitty music Uh, we had a good time and we have like funny stupid college stories to kind of make up for the shitty first year that none of us expected to have um it was really stressful finding housing oh my god that was like a whole other thing i went back um i had to come back because i had to move because everybody had to move after a year in my building because i was in student housing so that was a stressful few months as well trying to find housing but i did I managed to find a house with my best friend and we found another roommate and we're very happy in our new house. Um, But I think it's it's hard being an adult and kind of being thrown into being an adult in a pandemic on top of that. And then for me, especially thrown into being an adult in a whole new continent and then having no manual at all on like how to do any of this and like my family not being able to help me because they also don't know. Like they can try, but it's like you know it's a whole new it's a whole new thing, so yeah, it's a bit fucking hard. You've, I've had amazing memories though, and I've made amazing friends but um yeah
0: you've you've had to grow up a lot over the past year and a half, let's just say that yeah um but you know all all of it you know I think will do a lot to serve you as a as a person you know, and you're Personal development, emotional development, intellectual development, um, and I can say this confidently: um, you, um, how should I, well, you you socialize a lot. You so, you socialize with a lot more strength than the um, the weight of all of this uh, seems to be right. Where, um, yeah, it's all hard. You know, there's no manual to being an adult. To doing all of this during a pandemic, but you do so, um, you do it in stride. I think you make it look in a way where it doesn't completely uh, debilitate your ability to want to look for the best in every situation. I think what you said about going out, um, making mistakes, regrettable mistakes, regrettable decisions. Oh, uh, no, uh, no
1: I don't have any like, <laughs> I don't have any regrets like that. I just have very, like stories that um you okay so when you go to college right as someone who's from a very small island in the middle of nowhere you think of movies and when I think of movies I think of American movies right And you think of making bad decisions and running from the cops and being drunk in a park and stuff like that and in, for my first few months that just wasn't a possibility and I'm not saying like oh that's what you need to do in college for it to be memorable but I wanted to have fun I wanted to have fun and I wanted to do things that I thought would like kind of make up for the months that I had missed because the first year is supposed to be like your party year or whatever Uh, and I didn't really get that so I was being a bit irresponsible and not really following COVID regulations at the time but only mostly in my building so it was like I only really saw people in my building and uh, I didn't get it and nobody got it for some godforsaken reason. Um, because I think we were seeing, like, the same people over and over again, and since nobody was seeing really anybody else, it was just kind of, like, weirdly okay. I don't condone this at all, by the way. Please don't come for me, Dutch government. Um, but, like, I have fun stories now that, like, my brother will randomly bring up to, like, his friends, like, oh, yeah, she ran from the cops or something like that, and I'm like, yeah, haha. And it's, like, you know, funny after. Like, I have stories of, like, nights that I'm, like, what the fuck? That sounds like something that would happen in a movie. And you just kind of have to make the best out of it. And like like you said, like I try. I really try to look at the positive side of everything. And I, I really tried, did try to do that throughout the entirety of my first year. Going back home, that was like a highlight. I mean, it, maybe it's not the ideal going back home for that long. But uh, I enjoyed it. I got to save money. Um, and when I got back, I could buy... Like new furniture with the money I had saved up and um, new clothes and stuff like that so I, I try and make the best out of it which I'm glad you picked up on because I try that's the, that's the only thing you can really do right is try
0: it's a uh, contained chaos are the kind of memories that you're seeking where um, you know you, you want that excitement of being able to make mistakes and uh, kind of doing things that are questionable as far as uh what what older people would look at but it is those mistakes that uh, help us grow the most right um in a lot of ways you know whether that's uh teaching us what not to do in the future or uh you know finding ways to problem solve i think is the most academic way i can put that all right uh well Sophie, that that is soju sessions after hours i'm sure you have a ton of stories that we can get into but um you know, again, soldier sessions after hours. Let's 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 plan for that. All right, let's schedule that. You and me. Um, Good. All right. Uh, well, two kind of two final things before we head out. Um, you're a big nerd. You're a weeb. You like fantasy and science fiction things. What is? Uh, I guess what what property science fiction, fantasy, anime, um, comic books. Um, what property do you like the most right now?
1: um what do you mean property like what which ones do i like the most currently
0: yeah like what are you most interested in right now what titles
1: Hmm. um well i haven't been able to watch anime in quite a while because of school and you know life's a bit overwhelming um but the last few ones that i watched that i really liked were like jujutsu kaisen obviously because my my character is itadori from jujutsu kaisen which i highly recommend i thought it was really good um, I watched the new Demon Slayer movie, which was also pretty good. Um, I'm very excited for the new Witcher season because I rewatched season one, or I was rewatching season one with Max until he decided that he would rather play New World over watching The Witcher with me, which I, I still am upset. <laughs> I'm kidding, I'm not. Um, me and my brother rewatched Lord of the Rings again recently as well. Um, but new things um i don't think i've been getting oh i my roommate actually shipped in books from back home so i finally got my manga collection like behind me in my bookshelf so i've kind of been rereading those i have a few tokyo ghoul volumes and um some naruto volumes i have like noragami and back on titan so i've just kind of been rereading those as well uh and i've been trying to get into um chainsaw man the manga because i've heard very good things about it and i'm pretty sure i saw someone talk about it in the anime channel because it is getting an anime adaptation um yeah i've been kind of reminiscing on older uh older things i know that um like there's a new venom movie which i've heard is kind of bad but i want to go watch it because i love venom as a character or like eddie i think it's very funny um uh there's another m- Marvel movie coming out as well, like Spider-Man and stuff, so I'm looking forward to those. The Eternals, right? the dC show is also coming out, or is they just premiered it or something? So we'll see.
0: you You said a lot of old things, you said a lot of new things. I think you are just a big nerd for everything. Let's be real. let's um I, yeah. I think you are very um <laughs> it's admirable. It's something I aspire to. I wish I was more organized so I could, you know, systematically watch and read everything that I wanted to, but I get distracted really easily. So if I'm not, like, hyper-invested or focused in the moment, um, I will have a problem finishing something. But once I do get involved and invested, I am, like, 100% an in. But yeah, that that's the thing. That
1: really I think all of these are literally hyper fixations that I had for a period of time and that's the only reason that I finished any of them Um, because right now for example I go through anime and k-pop slumps where I don't really keep up like I'm still in my k-pop slump where like I'll occasionally listen to something or someone will recommend something to me and I'm like okay cool and I'll watch it Um, same with anime I'll go through like a slump of like I haven't watched anything in a few months. And then I'll hyperfixate again on like watching something and finishing it. So I feel like it comes in waves.
0: Nice. Um, for me, I'm going to do a two minute monologue and then I will throw it to you. I think Dune is Ooh. one of the most brilliant pieces of art um, ever created. The movie by Denis Villeneuve. Um, I've been a fan of his since mm-hmm. 2014. So I watched Sicario um i think when it first came out in 2015 um he had a couple of movies before that he had prisoner um and there was another one where jake Hall plays a, tw- a twin of himself um so i followed his career um for this almost his entire half decade um so much so i introduced my family to sicario they've watched it like 10 times um i when people mention that in the 2010s there weren't any good movies i always point them to have you seen Arrival? Have you Ooh. seen how a science fiction storytelling specifically in cinema is accentuated through editing solely through that medium that you could not tell that story any other way, all in a very um, budget friendly, if you really look at it um, because they do ar- do things only in very specific sets and limited locations, but tell such a complex story of time through language that I don't think me personally have ever experienced um before in the past. Um Blade Runner 2049. Um Blade Runner fans have said, like, what was the point of this movie? Having not seen it. I've had many bar conversations explaining to them that yes, it's a continuation of this idea of what does it mean to be a human with the added uh, complexity of what does it mean to be a god with Jared Leto's character. And the fact that at the end of the movie he has no consequences. So, is he truly acting in the sense of being a god? All the while, um, unraveling what that means for Ryan Gosling's character, finding humanity, and finding a soul. All this to say, Dune, for me, um, is the start of his magnum opus, as far as being his um, you know crescendo of filmmaking, whether that's um, genre films, science fiction, or anything else just because i do think there are a lot of elements to this movie that are very accessible whether that's the action the family dynamic the political machinations and the complexities behind that but i do think that there are a lot of fantasy storytelling elements that are strictly for us nerds we have witches we have the ben jesserit um i come that's at the, history, yeah, yeah we, i come at this um so I've, I've seen i've read the book the first book just the first book Um, So for me, I was very much well placed in who the characters were and the progression of the story. So for me, I could absorb all that. People said it's dense. I was okay. I understand if other people weren't, but um, all of those things give a scope and scale and texture to the way he films and shoots the story. And I think he does so much Mm -hmm. with this idea of a lived in universe where you see the rusted vehicles, the old monuments, um, the desert right where it does feel very tactically something we can live in but you know again with the fantasy elements and for me um i always um compare these long epics with of course lord of the rings like you mentioned and yes this is part one of a greater story and there's more to come and it's beautiful and i love it i love this movie sophie i'm so what do you happy
1: think? you brought up dune because i for so how did that slip my mind to not talk about dune i have watched it three times in imax i went through i spent all that money to watch it three times because i think it's that worth it to watch it three times on the big screen with blaring speakers because the and i my dumb brain when i watched the i forgot that um dennis had directed this movie for some reason i don't know why and when I left the movie, I looked over at my friend, and I was like, I feel the same way that I felt when I watched Blade Runner 2049 for the first time. And she was like, yeah, duh, because it's the same director. And I was like, oh my god, this makes so much sense. Um, I cannot be hyped enough about Dune. I think, like you said, like one of the, fir- the things that I enjoyed the most about it is how lived in the world was. Uh, and he does so well creating these worlds that don't feel... Um, like they are fantasy but they don't feel that way like they ha- they're they lived in and the detail that he puts into every scene and editing and the coloring and everything makes it seem so like this could exist outside of what we um, outside of our like realm I guess you could say which is it's a feature we have yet insane. to know yeah. yeah. and it's so hard to do that when like for example Dune is obviously in a dune it's in like sand It's hard to create, to make that feel like its own planet because everybody kind of knows what a desert is, right? So you think, oh, you'd think people would just be like, oh, Sahara. But I don't think once did that cross my mind to compare any of that to something we know in our world because it had, you had created this world so perfectly that I was so fully convinced and immersed in the fact that this was a whole other planet and that the sand that I'm looking at is not the sand that we know which I, I was just so immersed the entirety of the movie. I don't think I could speak after for like a while because I was just processing everything and I had to go a second time. And I hadn't read the the book. So um for me, I didn't think it was dense at all. I think it presented all the information that it needed to for the first half. um I'm not like confused. I think watching it a second time even helped more with the flashbacks, especially when we get those, um or like, I guess you could not really flashbacks, but more like, uh, visions, visions uh, in the end and how that like solidified it watching a second time what i thought it was i don't know if like we're we're not going to spoil anything but uh i was sitting there and i was like oh oh it makes sense it makes sense i'm like okay and now i'm just like i just i love it so much like comparing it to 20 uh blade runner which um is one of my favorite movies of all time uh i think uh dennis uh i can never pronounce his last name Villeneuve.
0: villeneuve yeah it's french i believe Uh, yeah
1: i think he's one of the best directors we have now in this day and age like the movies like arrival blade runner um sicario like you said prisoners which is the one i think with uh with um what's his name ryan uh
0: prisoners is with wolverine
1: yeah and um the other one um what is his name the one that plays uh, Jake Dylan Hall. Donnie Donny, Jake Gyllenhaal, yeah, yeah, with him. Those, um, those are all excellent movies. And Blade Runner, um, I need to rewatch it. I haven't rewatched it in a very long time. Um, I have notes in one of my really old journals about how this movie made me feel because I was so like, I was scribbling down the entire time. I was like, oh my god, like, how am I supposed to process all of this? And I felt so. Like like I've said with how I listen to music, right? Like I listen to music and it makes me feel a certain way. And with me, movies, shows, books, like my nerdy, geeky stuff helps me export myself into another dimension, I guess, which is like a whole geek experience. Um, and the way that doing a Blade Runner 2049 made me feel was similar. where I was completely immersed and like I left this planet for a little bit. And sometimes you need that.
0: And yeah. Well said. Well said. Um, I think, you know, to kind of tie it all together, uh, Denis Villeneuve is a filmmaker who grew up very similar to us, where he had interest in science fiction. Um, Granted, yes, the mediums were different back then. Um, Books and kind of the pop culture, um, the pop comic books, um, the comic strips, I believe. And um, what is it? Flash Gordon, some of his, his inspirations, I'm sure. Um, where, you know, you had these serialized kind of cult science fiction properties, but with, without the same uh, attention and polish that he's bringing to movies now and filmmaking, just because, you know, we're at the point of technology where he can do it. Um, and he has a vision for how he wants to execute things. And I think we are all better for it, that we are experiencing his genius at work. And that's why I am saying it's the start of his magnum opus. I don't know how many movies there were going to be. I know there's going to be a part two. There could very well be five movies, just because it's a long story. I will take them all. We could
1: get canceled, <laughs> which yeah. I really hope it doesn't. But um, yeah. um I will take there them. There are all. a lot of yeah. I'll take anything. I'll take as much as they as they want to make. Um, mm-hmm. I'm very excited. Very 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 excited.
0: Yeah. Um, And it does also just tie into, like, how we get invested in everything, right? And how we connect with people. I think, ultimately, we do want to find connections, we do want to find someone to communicate with, who share, you know, similarly, similar interests to us, but then also to learn and grow from that type of interaction and socialization. Um, And... It all just you know brings me to uh to the end of this amazing conversation that I feel like I've grown with you and learned about the world and expanded how I see things and um you know I'm gonna give the last meaningful thought to you, Sophie, do you have anything for the audience? Do you have uh any hopes and dreams or aspirations moving forward
1: um damn. uh I think especially right now um it might sound a bit depressing because i know a lot of people are going through it right now but um seek happiness you know like in the little things and that might sound really fucking stupid but um me walking home today to film this podcast um the sun was hitting the leaves in a very specific way and i love that Uh, And I I stop and take pictures of everything. But I know that my pictures aren't, like, really that good. But they're, like, you know, little diary entries for myself. Um, So, like, find joy in the little things. Even if a day might be really, really shitty or you're feeling really shitty. um, There's always, like, try and find at least one good thing about that day. And then slowly you'll start to realize that there are multiple good things in that day. And I say that even though it doesn't always end up being that way. Um, But yeah like maybe you ate something that you really enjoyed that day, or your sheets felt extra comfy that morning when you woke up or when you went to sleep um and especially now that it's getting colder for the people who are in hemispheres in which there's winter, call family i don't and not everybody gets along with family, maybe call friends or your random like neighbor that you had a few years ago. Uh, and see comfort in other people, because although we have obviously our discord and we have each other um maybe other people are going through it too that can use a shoulder or someone to talk to so yeah yeah
0: take take uh you know take a t- take, take a second to uh you know reflect on the beauty of the present moment I think is a is a great sentiment that you're expressing to everyone. <laughs> All right, Sophie. Well, thank you so much for this very therapeutic conversation about life and all the little things. Um, Sophie, you've been excellent. Thank you so much.
1: Thank you. Thank you for having me and for being such a good host.
0: No, 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 no. Couldn't have done it without (laughs) you. All right. Well, let's sign out. Uh, Thank you, everyone, for listening to The Soju Sessions on the Soju Talk Nation podcast feed. Subscribe on YouTube follow on Spotify or your preferred podcast platform, and continue the conversation on the Soju Talk K-Pop Podcast Discord. For Soapy, this is Crispy, and this has been The Soju Sessions.